I'm not used to being referred to as head elder. <laughs> Normally they refer to me as the eldest elder. So I got a chuckle out of seeing that. Um, KC, would you run that first video for me, please? I'd like to thank um, our worship leader and the band. I, as I was sitting here, because I wasn't in here for practice, and as I was sitting here listening to uh, the choices for songs, I contemplated how difficult it must be to pick out just the right song for the message. Um, and the selection this morning was awesome for me, right? So, let me start off with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful. We're thankful, Lord, that you are the light that shines in the darkness. Lord, we thank you for calling us to the mission field. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, even for this heat. We thank you for being here. And we thank you for the short message I'm about to give. <laughs> and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, the reason why the message is going to be short um, is because I love you. <laughs> just, it's like that. It's just plain and simple. I love you. All right, see, I was actually in my head when I first wrote that down. I thought, and then the whole church is going to say, we love you too, Ken. But I got one. <laughs> I got one. So, all right, two. Here you go, here they go. They're coming in. We have been, and I'm hoping that you guys have uh, been reading with us, following along with the uh, text that we've been reading through week. We've been in Luke chapter 10. We've finished Luke chapter 10, and I'm going to uh, talk to you today uh, about Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Uh, I would encourage you guys, if you can't join us, uh, at Starbucks, at Target, at Starbucks. Uh, you can also join us online uh, on Zoom, and Rachel can help you get connected that way. Or you can order the book, and it's also online. You can get it in our book, uh, and you can get that, and it's dated and everything, so you'll know exactly where we are. So we are, I am going to talk today, Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord 
who is in charge of the harvest, asked him to send more workers into the field. More workers into the field. I, I thought about more workers into the field because when we were preparing this building, um, we have so many talented people in our congregation. We have uh, plumbers, electricians, we have carpenters, we have people who love doing that kind of stuff. Now those talents that I just mentioned miss me. And I remember showing up on a work day and I had none of those talents. And even when I tried, I could see the frustration in the other people around me, like, would you like just go sit over here uh, and get out of the way? But Jesus said, pray for more workers, not more people like me on that work day who had nothing to contribute but joy and love, because that's all I can bring. Um, I need you, I started off by telling you that I love you, and I need you to remember this. I need you to remember that I love you, each and every one of you. And those aren't just words coming from me. I don't know you three, but I still love you. I love you. So my question is, have we reached the point? Have we reached that point where we are just sick and tired of all the bad news? All of the killing. All of the just craziness that's going on in this United States. To think I, I was surprised when some countries were given uh, travel alerts about coming to the United States. And I went, I, mind you, I've been on this earth some 65 years. <laughs> Never have I heard of other countries issuing a travel alert? I've received them. I've heard us about going to Europe. Be careful. You know, going to Mexico, watch out. You know, uh, going to the Far East, be careful. Even the Philippines, watch out when you go over there. But never had I heard other countries issuing a travel alert, a safety about coming over here. Ooh, and, and that hurt me. That disturbed me. Those of you who have known me a long time will know that my message is usually one about love. Um, they uh, normally, if somebody says, uh, can you speak 
And then they'll say, well, can you, let me guess, it's 1 Corinthians 13, right? Because I just kind of stay there for a while, and I, I just don't think we can discuss uh, that love chapter enough. But I managed to stay away from that this time. But I did have to mention it. Um, I found the answer to all our problems. I figured it out all by myself. <laughs> I got an amen from my wife. <laughs> I have the answer. Guess where I found it? Right. I found it in the Bible. And it's in this verse. Oh, sorry, it's not there anymore. It's in Mark 10, verses 1 through 2. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers. Uh, I used to be a youth minister. And I was giving a message to the kids because they were getting frustrated. They were getting frustrated of everything that was going on. This was years ago. And they were getting a little frustrated about stuff that was going on. And they wanted to know what to do. And I referred to a Michael Jackson song. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his way. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make this world a better place, take a look in the mirror and make that change. This mission field that we're talking about is going to start here. Some of us have started, but we need to, more of us. We need more workers. And so it's going to take each and every one of us to get out into that mission field and start making a change. I listened to the news. I'm on Facebook, I see the videos, my heart is breaking. But I understand one thing. Why this reaction in this situation? Because I don't know you. So here's my question. How many of you guys know me? I mean, really know me. <laughs> so then, if someone told you something bad about me, would you believe them? <laughs> That's somebody that really knows me. <laughs> but something awful about me, 
Let me ask you another question. If you found out that I got pulled over for speeding, how many people would believe that? There they go. That's the people that know me. <laughs> if you found out that after I got pulled over, I got beat up, arrested, thrown in the jail for resisting arrest, how many people would believe that? Why? Because you know me. Because you know me. So as we hear these stories, as we see them on TV, let's leave our minds open and say, but I don't know this person. I don't know this police officer. I don't know this person they arrested. I know Ken. I know they stopped him for a real reason. I can believe he was speeding. That's nothing new. He's got thousands of speeding tickets. They're all done, though, honey. I, no, no new ones. He's got thousands of speeding tickets. I know he has a tendency to speed, but he knows better. He knows better than to resist arrest. He knows better than to put himself in that situation. So what we have to do, my charge to you, is to get to know somebody else, somebody that's different from you. Now, I am not going to uh, ask you to do something that I would not do. I'm not going to ask you to do something. So I need you to turn around and look. I want you to look at the congregation. So on this view of the congregation, I'd like to make a statement that I have made an effort to get to know you. I have for over a decade, spent time with you. I understand. I understand your fears. I get it. I don't agree with them, but I understand. What I'm asking is that you take time to get to know not only me, but somebody else. So that you can have an open mind if somebody tells you something that's like that. You may have, I live in the Third Ward. Everybody familiar with the Third Ward? I live in the Third Ward. I remember when I moved there when I was at Trinity, and I would say it on purpose, um, just to get that reaction. They're like, ooh, I'm not coming over there. And I was thinking to myself, good, 
<laughs> that was the whole point. <clears throat> but how many of you have come to my house? It's not quite what other people might imagine it to be. Not just my little small little neighborhood, but it's an even larger neighborhood that doesn't look like what you imagine a third ward would look like. But if you've never been there, you can make assumptions. So back to the lesson, man in the mirror. I went to the whiteboard and I took a marker and I put a dot. And I turned around and I told them, this is you. I'm going to teach you how to make a change. If you wake up in the morning, Jason and I had this pinky and the brain thing we used to do. Uh, he was the brain, I was pinky. And he'd walk in, I don't know, Jason, about 10 o'clock or something. And I would say, what are we going to do today, brain? And he would say, the same thing we always do. Try and take over the world. And that is still my mission. But I need help from you guys. So with that dot and saying, this is you, there's a small circle. It includes your family and your close friends. There's another circle around that circle. And it goes out, and it goes out, and it goes out, until eventually we take over the world. The Pharisees tried to trick Jesus, and they asked him, what was the greatest command? And Jesus' response was, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. It's in the Bible more than once. Love your neighbor. I think it's in another place. Oh, I think it was in Galatians. I think Paul was talking to the Galatians. And he told them, assuming he was talking, I'm, I'm assuming that he was assuming that he was talking to Christians who already loved God, like I'm assuming I am talking to Christians who already love God. So all he told them was, love your neighbor. If we're going to change this world, if we're going to affect a change, it's going to take loving our neighbor.
It's not always that guy that's next to you. If you work in an office, it could be the guy with the office next to you. It could be the guy in the parking space next to you as you pulled up. It could be that person in the grocery store that's in front or behind you. I need you guys to make an effort to get to know somebody who does not look like you. Growing up in Beaumont, years ago, I got a whoop whoop for Beaumont. <laughs> uh, I remember somebody walking up to me, and I know, I know in his heart, he was trying to pay me a compliment. And what he said was, but you're not like the rest of them. <laughs> I let him slide, because even then I was full of love. Uh, I let him go. But, yes, I am. I am. And I'm just like you. And they're just like me. And we're all the same. And all we need, all we need, is that love of God. Close your eyes and try to imagine a place where we love our neighbor. Try to imagine what that looks like. Try to think about being in that place where you are loving your neighbor, where you are caring about somebody else. Their wants, I'm okay. I'm okay. I used to work in youth ministry. <laughs> I hear it as applause. But you try to imagine a place where uh, you're loving your neighbor all the time, where you're caring about them as much as you care about yourself and your own family, where you are concerned about them. Now, if you take that, that thought of loving your neighbor, now try to imagine robbery. If we're all like that, if we're all like that, try to imagine robbery, holdups. Try to imagine police brutality. Try to imagine somebody shooting police. Tried, none of that fits into loving your neighbor. None of it does. So we need to desperately pass this on. This whole idea. 
but you have to start with yourself. Are you doing it? Are you loving your neighbor? Do you care about them? Do you care about the people in your neighborhood, in your city, in your state, in your country, in the world? Do you care about those people? When you see injustice to somebody who's poor, does your heart bleed? When a little kid is killed, not far from here, not that long ago, did your heart break like mine? What about that little child who got run over by a hit and run? Were they doing the right thing, climbing under a fence to go get a ball? No. But did he deserve to die for doing that? No. If we start with ourselves, if we love our neighbor like we love ourselves, if we can bring this message to other people and bring them in to the same thought, we can change the world. It's not going to happen overnight. But if we can start this movement, so I'm back to the verse, says we need workers. Pray to the Lord because we need workers. I am so glad that you're here. I'm glad that you guys are showing up on Sundays. I'm happy and glad that for the people that show up Monday through Thursday for devotions, I'm elated and excited about the people that show up for missional communities, but it's more than that. So don't stop doing that. That's just to give you the tools to do the job. That's just to strengthen you. That's just to give you confidence to speak into somebody else's life. But you need to get out there and do the work. The harvest is plenty. There may even be somebody in this building right now that we need to bring in. But the workers are few. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for that word today. Lord, I'm asking that uh, this concept that you gave us will inspire all of us to go out and become workers so that we can harvest those people out there. Your message of love, Lord, is a powerful message. It conquers hate because hate does not win against hate. 
Lord, we ask that you bless us and keep us safe. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.